you know, we'd be a fool to pass up a film called Pride for Pride Month, so we watched Pride for tonight's episode of the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association. But because you can't come together to support others by yourself, tonight I'm joined by three of the greatest fundraisers out there. First up, she broke fundraising records and hearts, it's Amelia! How's it going, y'all? And don't forget to donate this week to my personal favorite fundraiser, Cat Means for Class Solidarity. <laughs> Next up, they swear it's not an excuse to see people in skippy outfits. It's Ro. Hi. Do you want to donate? Try, come by my internet bake sale. We've got pictures of muffins, pictures of cakes, and pictures of cookies. <laughs> Last but never... <laughs> Last but never least is Zamblarthgon, the omnipresent spirit of pride. All hail Zamblarthgon. I'm your host and crazy film head currently looking to get the fuck out of Arkansas. Hashtag get NATO to Colorado. Tonight's film is the anti-Stonewall based on a true event. Real names, 38 speaking roles for queer characters and is arguably good. Arguably good. (laughs) I don't think there's much argument about it. <laughs> this film is this film is really good. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, I think I speak for everyone here when I say, go watch it. Go watch I, this. It, it is. If you ever felt the need to go watch Stonewall, just watch this instead. Actually, though, you'll be you'll have a better time. <laughs> Well, that was the episode. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> That's what we think. <laughs> you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to listen to us dissect or talk about it anymore. <laughs> you have your recommendations. Uh, uh, hey, NATO, for, also, for a film named Pride, it, it sure sounds like an oddly broad concept. What is this movie even about? <laughs> Well, to quote Gwen, die, your gays have arrived. (laughs) Let's get right into it. We're going to spoil the hell out of it. So this is your last chance. If you haven't seen this movie, highly recommend you go watch it. This is a long movie, so we're going to skip through a lot of the smaller plot points that might be brought up later. But the main point is to give you a general idea of the plot. Pride is a retelling of 1984 British Miner Strike and the group of lesbians and gays who came together to support them called the Lesbians and Gays Support the Miners, or LGSM. They they end up sending support to a small town in Wales called oh, Oshwin, right? Um, Oshwin? Oshwin. Welsh is a hell of a language. Welsh is a hell of a language. Welsh is Um, scary. (laughs) (laughs) The town then sends a spokesperson, Die, to thank them, which is when the Viners find out that they have taken support from the gays and lesbians. (laughs) After speaking... (laughs) Singular. (laughs) At this point, at least. (laughs) I I love when he goes, like, I've never met a lesbian before. And they go, like, we've never met a minor before. Um, no, yeah, he says, I've, sp- I've never met a gay before, and everybody goes, that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> After they get died to speak at the local gay pub and getting more support, the LGSM are invited to come speak at the benefit for the minors, only to get a less than warm reception as a good contrast to how supportive their community was to the minors versus how supportive the minors were to them. 
but a small group of the Union and the women's support group get to know the queens and find out, hey, they're pretty okay. And this was all helped along by a, what, five-minute-long dance sequence? <laughs> well, that comes after. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, a, uh, it was around that yeah. time. <laughs> uh, no, same for some of the strikers... <laughs> Same for some of the strikers as well, uh, most, but there's always some stuck-up prudes that ruin the fun. As Christmas rolls around, the strike continues, and things aren't getting better for the miners. Thankfully, the leader of the LGSM, Mark Ashen, gives an impassioned speech to rally the troops during the Christmas bingo game. And then a sing-along! The best sing-along ever. <laughs> reminded me of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. <laughs> I don't think I was here for that episode. <laughs> you weren't. <laughs> Go watch it. Um, it's clear the LGSMR having a positive effect on some of the town, and not just teaching some straight guys how to dance. But they promise something big, and they need to figure out how to deliver. The plot rears his face as one of the members of the women's group who... Who was who was named Maureen calls a new paper to report that pivots support the pits, uh, which makes our small group of miners a laughing stock, and then leads to a vote whether they can accept further money from the LGSM. The LGSM meanwhile take the perverts support the pits headline and own it, make it into a fundraiser event called Pits and Perverts. That's actually and one of the scenes that I really like in this movie mm-hmm. uh, when they talk about how like the queer culture has a long history of reclaiming slurs and names called at them and saying like, you know what? Yeah, those are ours now. <laughs> oh, totally. I I really love it too. You gave us perverts? We'll be perverts. <laughs> you gave us queer? Fine. We'll be, we'll be the queerest queers. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> We're proud (laughs) (laughs) you can't shame us and for once everything looks to be going grandly die even promises the miners will have their backs just like the queer community had theirs so obviously some shady shit happens and after the event was a huge success the vote was moved up without telling the members who were at the pits and perverts event meaning they couldn't have cast their votes All this means the vote ended with a resolution to quit accepting support from the LGSM, despite them being one of the biggest supporters. After the loss and saying their goodbyes, the LGSM head back to London one last time. Without the ability to support the miners, the group falls apart. Joe, the 20-year-old photographer, is found out as gay by his parents and isolated. Gethin, who co-owns bookshop where they meet, gets assaulted. Mark quits. Things get depressing. I don't know why I said it like that, but things get depressing. <laughs> Yay! And things don't like Yay. things don't stop getting depressing either because the miners eventually l- lose and have to go back to the mines, um, which happens on March fourth, nineteen eighty-five. Indeed. <laughs> And our film ends like it began on Pride. Mark shows up to apologize as the LGSM come together once again to celebrate the event. And then, a surprise! Some of the town shows up to wish them a happy Pride. Some of the town? You mean, like, all of South Wales? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that. That was the surprise. I, I know, I just felt like making a joke. <laughs> Not only did their friends from the town show up, though, but so do all the miners they helped to march alongside the queer community in solidarity. Happy. Uh, And the movie ends by letting us know what our cast went on to accomplish. But 
to be fair, it did not cover everyone portrayed in this film. So that was Pride, and my God, I, I'm pretty sure that was a good story. What did y'all think? It's it's like that scene from Mulan. He's like, now all of South Wales knows you're here. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I felt like this movie did a really good job of, of showing what can happen when people come together and just stop being assholes for a second. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I think, I think it applies, especially now, um, when we're talking about, you know, solidarity, right? Because I think in the modern day United States, we have a lot of this conversation about around like, you know, different issues, you know, LGBTQIA plus issues, race issues, like all this other stuff. And I think, you know, when you go down to it, like really what we need is solidarity between like all these groups, right? All these right. oppressed groups. The movie opens um, up with a union song, Solidarity Forever. Yes. Solidarity Forever. The union makes us strong. And it really drives in that point within like the first five minutes of the movie, you have somebody impassionately making this point. Yeah. You should be supporting the miners because the government hates them, the police hates them, the media hates them, half the country hate them. They are right, just like, the like us. Place. Our struggles yeah. are one in the same. And and there's this for that yeah and later yeah Go. and later on there's even like a part where uh Mark Ashton is talking to Die and Die brings up like it's brought up like I think twice but he brings up like the old like 100-year-old banner of like uh two people like shaking hands mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. signify that their fight that their fights are the same. Yeah, he brings it up once when they're walking through the countryside. It's the same conversation when Mark, Mark or Mike, I can't remember his name, I'm sorry. Uh, Mark. Mark. When Mark is saying, it's the same conversation when Mark is saying, I never understood how, how you can support like gay rights and you won't support women's rights. Um, it, it all comes back to solidarity. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I think the big point that the movie is trying to drive in is that you know, when you work in solidarity with others, you make things happen. Because, um, I don't know if y'all know this, but this movie was based on real-life events, and the events of this movie did have real-life consequences. You know? Um, when the Labour Party was formed, and their, um, they had tried for years to include um, gay and lesbian rights in the Labour Party uh, platform. And the only reason that they managed to do so was because of of lesbians and gays support the miners and the work that they had done with the mining communities in South Wales. Mm -hmm. Um, that, That union vote from the miners' union is what allowed the Labour Party to enshrine lesbian and gay rights into their platform. 
And it wouldn't have happened yeah. otherwise. They just wouldn't have had the votes. Not only that, but a lot of the people portrayed in this film were actually the people that were involved in this. And there's like two or three like promo videos of like the people portrayed in this film talking about both mm-hmm. this film and sort of their own experiences. There's actually a half hour long documentary called All Out Dancing in Delay. Um, again, Welsh is scary. Sorry if I mispronounced that. I I, um, I looked it up. I think it's pronounced Delay. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> not say it like again. we like uh, we said. But, <laughs> Welsh is scary. But, <laughs> D town, <laughs> but, but but in that in that documentary, you can actually see and hear a lot of the real members of the LGSM, like Mark Ashton, like talk about the actual event itself. And it was produced by members of the LGSM, mm-hmm. um, right? And you also get to see and hear the miners uh, march at Pride, and like even down to like the banners they have were like really. Uh, really close to what actually was shown. Like there was this green banner uh, in the documentary that was almost perfectly recreated or perfectly recreated for the movie. I was like, Oh my God, I recognize that. (laughs) Yeah. Some of those lodge banners are really old. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually just got banners on loan from the lodges themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It, It wouldn't surprise me. Um, can we talk about th- the vibe of this movie and how unapologetically, like, straight up queer this movie is? <laughs> yeah, I think that there are so many times in this film where, like, that that is kind of like one of the the running themes, like, of this movie is being proud of being queer, you know. Because, like, there are moments in this movie where they're like, well, maybe we should just, you know, call and say that we're the LGSM instead of, like, saying, you know, lesbian and gay. And Mark gives that whole speech about, like, no, this is who we are and, like, we're proud. Yeah, this this film takes place in the mid-1980s, which is a very kind of we're here, we're clear, get used to it kind of time. Um, it's the middle of the AIDS crisis. You know, there's a lot of activism around that already going on. And so gay issues are very much in the public eye at the time. And it's very much a conversation that the public is in the middle of being forced to have, you know? So to really kind of get that across in a movie, you really have to, lean into the queer aspect of it like you look at you look at these characters and you look at how they're interacting with it, one another and it reads very real yeah not only that but like this is a large cast compared to a lot of the movies we watch this is a pretty large cast it's it's a large and cast and a long movie mm-hmm. <laughs> a and long worth, movie. worth every second of it but not only is the cast large, but they're also very, very distinct from each other, which is really hard to do with an ensemble like this. Like, even all of the ladies in the women's support group are completely different than each other and easily definable, even if we don't know their names. Right. <laughs> um, and, and again, 30, like, 
for a movie like this to have like 38 speaking roles for queer characters, queer people, that's still very impressive. Right. And they did it all without dehumanizing them or forcing them to turn tricks or, um, you know, I mean, there are a couple of very graphic depictions of homophobia in this movie, but, you know, that is very real to the time. This is very part of the culture back then. Is, you know, being unapologetically you in spite of, you know, having bricks and firecrackers tossed through your window. Or you know, being out collecting money in the face of people who would spit at your feet, you know? You know, There's I just realized that, actually, this just struck me. That, like, compared to Stonewall, which at times felt a lot like trauma porn, this yeah. movie gets across the message of like these awful violent struggles that the gay community and the queer community has had to face without like making it trauma porn. Right. It's, it's because the, it had a message that it wanted to push through. Yeah. That wasn't just look at us, us poor queers. Yeah. It was, it was, look at us. We're out here. In, right, a, in and a we're, way that Stonewall very much wasn't. We're taking the reins and, like, you know, taking action. Like, this film was about taking action. It wasn't about just rehashing trauma and, like, you know, objectifying queer experiences for a straight audience. <laughs> uh, this movie does have similarities with Stonewall. Um, one of them being Joe uh, was a basically an audience surrogate character created, although Joe was a lot less impactful than Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, or Kansas Fried Chicken, I guess. Um, well. But, like, he doesn't take center stage in the narrative, but he still has his own story. Uh, but the most important thing is he doesn't distract from the story of the historical figures being portrayed in this film. He's more just to like kind of ground things or right. in, uh, I he, think two instances he's, he's, uh, expand on events. He's more there as an audience surrogate than he is as like a director surrogate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Cornboy from Stonewall, whose name I refuse to remember. Um, he was he was more of like a self insert. Like this is a film about how I personally was at the Stonewall riots and through the first brick. Whereas uh, Joe's character is more there to let the audience step into the story. Mm -hmm. um, he, he doesn't take center stage. He's there. He says the bits that he needs to be there to say, and he takes pictures yeah, and, like, Bromley is a really good character that doesn't really... He's not too bland that he feels like, you know, he's just there, but he's not uh, shiny enough to distract from, like, who the real stars of the story are. No. Yeah, he's, he's just kind he's of like really the any man that... point into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
Speaking of in- speaking of entry points and things I didn't know, did you know that all lesbians are vegetarians? All lesbians are vegetarians. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I really, I really appreciated the moments like that in this movie because that wasn't the only moment where it was like you have these, you know, minors that haven't really been exposed knowingly to gay people. Um, because, you know, obviously Cliff does come out to Hafina at one point and say, you know, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Um, but like there, there are all these like really just, I thought wholesome moments where you think subversive where you you think think they're going to lean into one point and then they go somewhere completely else. So like y'all two are married. Okay, so I need to ask you a question, and they, they, like, even they say, like, oh, I get, I know what this is gonna be, and she's like, who does the housework? (laughs) And they say out loud, like, oh, that is definitely not what I thought you were gonna ask. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I, I, I really like the line, uh, uh. Uh, we don't mind the gays and lesbians. That's fine, but don't you dare be bringing people from North Wales down here. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> like, great. I thought that was like the one of my favorite lines in the movie. Yeah, it felt <laughs> it felt like, really authentic. You know what I mean? It really did. As someone from like Texas, like uh, right, it, it's like it's like bringing someone from Austin down to where I grew up, kind of thing. It's like they aren't welcome here, but it's kind of a joke because they are welcome there. Um, I guess, like, I want to talk a little bit about the ultimate meaning of this movie, which is the fear of the unknown. Uh, and how the unknown might not be that different from what you yeah. are. I think there right. was a really Cause I, cause good I th- moment in that where um, Mark, when he's first speaking to like that that gathering of like the miners, um, and he says, "Well, if one in five people are gay, then that means one in five of you must be gay too." So at least one in five of you are really happy to see us here. Yeah. And I, I think that really like kind of drives that home a little bit to where like, yeah, they fear all these, you know, gay people because they haven't really come across gay people so far as they know. But like actually at the end of the day, like gay people are just like everyone else. So like actually you probably have and like they're and- not that strange. It's not like that different from you. And I think this, again, even ties into the film's message about solidarity. Mm-hmm. Because when... Um, um, oh, God. Uh, because when Dai was giving his speech, right, at the gay club, he says, you know, when you're all alone in the world and you're fighting a fight with, that is much bigger than you against an opponent that is much bigger than you and you, and you and you find that you had a friend that you never even knew you had he says you know it's just about the best feeling in the world and i think those those two messages are very kind of compatible like mm-hmm. you I you agree. and i you and i we are yeah. more the same than we are different and it's the only thing that's keeping us apart are the perceived differences that you that you kind of force upon us and i feel like that's very applicable to today's kind of because there is 
in the U.S., I feel like right at the moment, there is this big divide kind of between the Rust Belt and other social issues, right? Right. To whereas, like, there there are a lot of people from the Rust Belt who are, like, hardcore, like, on the right, you know, Trump supporters and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're more like us than they're ever going to be, like, you know, the Donald Trumps of the world. Right. Yeah. And it's about, you know, breaking down those barriers and yeah. getting people to see what they're not seeing. Right. There's this really great moment near the end where uh, Cliff, that's his name, right? Yeah. Where Cliff confronts Maureen, um, his sister-in-law. And basically, she had said the line that the reason she was opposed to getting help from the LGSM was because her husband uh, wouldn't be accepting of it. But Cliff, who was the actual brother, says that, you know, basically, you know damn well that, you know, uh, he wouldn't be have been against this. And I think that's kind of another uh, way to look at this, especially with the Joe subplot and how that plays out. Mm-hmm. is that per- perceptions of people and how they defy their expectations mm-hmm. uh, to really do stuff that's way out of their, ex- basically what they're expected to be able to accomplish. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, I think that's, go ahead. No, go, you finish your thought. I I think that's a really great message, and that's one of the things that really resonated with me while I was watching yeah. it. Along those lines, it was really awesome to see that small that small group of home really homophobic minors from the beginning kind of transform across the movie. It it mm-hmm. happens kind of late in the movie, but there's a moment where all the all <laughs> all of West uh, all of South Wales is pulling up at the pride parade in their buses and you see them get off the bus and start to interact with the people around them. And it just goes to show, you know, that some, sometimes you have to be forced to look at things outside of your comfort zone in order to realize that what you think is outside of your comfort zone is actually much closer to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of like sort of like tones and sort of like the feels of this movie, I just want to point out the soundtrack. Oh. Um, yes, please. What a fantastic soundtrack. It was such a good soundtrack. <laughs> you got the Bronski beat. You got, um, you got tra- like traditional like hymns with union song lyrics set to um you've got you've got um, the smiths you've got the smiths let's not talk about the smiths (laughs) let's just pass on the smiths (laughs) you've got you've got billy bragg who is an icon um you've got phil collins (laughs) right was wasn't duran duran in there too oh i'm sure it's the 80s duran duran has to be in there somewhere Um, the, the, the one song that stood out the most to me though, is, uh, Bread and Roses, 
which the yeah. miners sing um, after their bingo game when uh, Mark basically stands up and says, you know, we haven't done enough for you. Uh, we're going to go back to London and plan something much bigger. Um, and then a lady sings up and starts to sing Bread and Roses. And I I love that she sings Bread and Roses because that has a lot of ties to American history mm-hmm. and our history with the struggle of workers' rights and unions and labor issues and even women's suffrage, all of these things that were happening in the early 1900s. There's a really deep history there. Um, and I love that referential layer of things. Like, the people that were designing the soundtrack of this movie obviously knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's one other thing that I... Because, th- like, I I don't think I'm going to spoil anything when I say I think that we've all had, like, an emotional connection to this movie. Oh, <laughs> Or yeah. an emotional reaction this, to this, this movie. This movie made me weep. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> There's just so many good parts to this movie, and I think one of the ones that just really got me was um, their reaction to the news headline, uh, Perverts Support the Pits, right? Because I think that's a really good lesson that's not really touched upon is taking negativity and turning it into something positive, which is uh, used through reclaiming this sort of negative word that's used to attack them. Um, and I think it's something that the queer community has definitely done in the past. Like, you look at gay and queer and the usage of it and how they were used against people in the past versus how they're used to empower people nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it, it's like day and night. And there's lots of words that need to be reclaimed for our community. And I'm not going to say the word because it could be triggering to some people, but like, to make the yeah. to make things safer for future generations, <laughs> we need to reclaim very... and redefine these words. Yeah, if sorry. we, Go ahead. because it's like it's taking what's hurt us and transforming it into something that's not so hurtful to future generations, and I think that is right. what we need to focus. on. I think on. that's a that's a very queer idea, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> taking taking slurs and reclaiming them, um, I think that's very kind of queer nouveau. Although we've been doing it for a while. <laughs> It still feels like lesbian, a, gay, queer. We've taken pervert. <laughs> um, the f word in certain pervert. circumstances. <laughs> We're working on others, um, um, and it, and it also kind of speaks to the level of which um, being queer and being in this space is kind of a political experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um, to be, to have that history of taking slurs and turning it into activism and, and taking issues that resonate with you. It's a, it's, it's a very political idea and this is a very political movie, um, and it really kind of speaks, and I'm sure there are plenty of people that would ad- disagree saying, you know, I'm gay, and it's, it doesn't have to be political. And, you know, sure, but, you know, I think 
being queer, at least to me, is a very political experience. Well, I was going to say that there's always some people in, you know, the community that I think overcompensate not being, you know, the the dominant majority by trying to kind of become placent and placate them, you know? It's the same thing as when you see, like, Latinos that are like, oh, I don't, you know, really care about politics. Like, they don't affect me. And it's like, no, by existing as a non-white, non-heterosexual person, like, it, that that alone is political. But, you know, I think for a lot, for some oppressed people, like, it's easier to almost try to fit into that white space by like being as complacent as possible as opposed to the other option which is to be loud and outspoken and be like basically not take things laying down and i think that's really important like there is this i there's this twofold idea when it comes to censoring words uh one side is this word has hurt me a lot and therefore, the more we can suppress it and the more we can sort of like educate about it so that people don't use it, the more it will go away and not hurt future generations. And on the other side is the idea of reclaiming and redefining words, which we've talked about before. Because you're not going to get a bigot asshole fuckhead to stop using a word to try and hurt people that they hate. Because just sitting them down and saying, this word is hurtful to these people, and this is why, isn't going to change their mind. Because, as previously stated, they are a bigoted asshole fuckhead. And you're going to get called gay, you're going to get called a slut, you're going to get called a whore, you're going to get called a pervert. But on the other side of that, to turn around and just be like, yeah, so what, kind of thing, it takes away their power that they thought they had and gives it to you. And I know a lot of people aren't going to be in the same situation. Some people aren't going to be comfortable with that kind of confrontation. But for those of us who are, it is our job to lead by example. It's our job to try and make things safer for future generations. It is our job to take as much negativity towards our community as we can and try to take away all of its bite and own it right i know personally for myself finding the word queer was very empowering um sex sexually um speaking of my sexual identity speaking of my gender identity uh sometimes it, it can be a lot to take in and sometimes you, you just don't have the mental space or the words to be able handling even or even processing it. And having a word like queer there to fill that place and to hold that space is amazing. Because, I mean, and I've, I've thought about this a lot over the years. and. You know, it is possible to be a person that, like, I don't know what I am, but it's not cishet, you know? That idea yeah. is not impossible. And to have a word, like, queer to fit into that little niche and to say, you you belong here, this is... <laughs> 
this this word is for you is is kind of comforting to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really good point, and I think too that word can be very unifying as a community. You know, because it is such a kind of an all-encompassing, I think, for a lot of LGBTQ people. Um, yeah, and I think, so one interesting point with that word, too, is I have, you know, obviously, I had this conversation with one of my friends recently, who's also, you know, part of the community, and he was saying that he doesn't personally like the word queer because, you know, queer means different and it implies, you know, that we're different and all this stuff. And I get that. But I think for me, that's part of why it's such a powerful and a positive word, because like, you're right, like we are different. Like there's been different experiences. There's different like we're not treated the same by society. We're, you know, still fighting for gay rights. Like we're still fighting for all this stuff. And I mean, you know, even and among think, those yeah. differences, it's still so all-encompassing. Yeah. And it comes back to the point about solidarity, because the, yeah. queer, the, the, the gays can be there for the lesbians. And the gays and the lesbians should and can be there for the bisexuals and the transgender people. And, and the word queer, I think, implies that sense of solidarity within the community you don't i agree you don't need the letter because you have the community there to fill that in for you it doesn't have to be yeah regardless of the letter it it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter you're here you're you're with us there's 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 an there's an you're here you're queer get used to it there's an implied (laughs) solidarity there and it goes back again to that point that we keep making about solidarity in this movie (laughs) sorry to keep bringing it up but it's really really important i mean it's like the main thing like the main solidarity there's acceptance and there's embracing and as it turns out, there is power in a union. <laughs> I think we're all pro-union here. I think also that is was a great uh, song speak to for end yourself. the movie with. I believe in trickle-down economics, okay? And capitalism. <laughs> Good old Excuse me? family values, okay? Wow, you think you know somebody. <laughs> 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 that was a joke by the way for our listeners <laughs> I love another moment I found that's less controversial uh, that I found personally like really heartwarming was uh, uh, something that I, I think is amazing on, on both sides all sides really if you think about it um, for Amelia um one of my favorites was when uh, Hafina suggests that Gethin should reach out to his mother who hasn't talked to him in years because technically he hasn't talked to her in years as well. Uh, because people can change with time and, you know, who knows. And, you know, he ends up doing it and reconnecting with his mother. And I think that is something that doesn't really get talked about that much. Like, even in Stonewall. Right. <laughs> Cause we keep, cause like that's the movie that we're going to compare this to the most. Um, even in Stonewall, when he's like thrown away 
when when Kansas cornbread is thrown away, uh, and like the only person who has his back is really like his sister or whatever. Yeah. Um, like pa- parents do change; they can come around. My mother, if she probably would not have accepted me if I came out to her in high school, but she is fully accepting of me now. You know, right? Time changes t- uh, opinions and. You know, when you lose someone, especially when you lose someone like a son, time can make regret. And sometimes it's worth trying to reconnect with people. And I that made me tear up watching that. Right. There's a real sense in this movie that people aren't just things that never change. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah, think and I really like there's that something about really this profound. Movie. There's something really profound about that. Embrace the change. Because I do think, I do think that sometimes, you know, especially when we're talking about queer cinema, like it can kind of err on the side of like these, like these static characters or more static kind of characters, you know, that don't like either the parents accepted them right off the bat or they didn't accept them. And then it's like done forever. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I really it's like either, oh, we love our gay son or get out, never see us again. We'll we'll die having erased you from our memory. Yeah, and those wait till we get to Dream Boy. <laughs> and oh, and what? And those are two extremes, and there's a lot of area in the middle. Yeah. So I think we could all talk about this movie for a, a lot longer. I um, I could talk about probably this should... movie for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've already I talked about we... this movie for a really long time. That's true. <laughs> I think. I think we probably should start wrapping this up just because we want to leave some surprises for the people who maybe didn't heed the warning in the beginning and ha- still haven't watched this movie. So, you fools, what I have you done? Have... Actually, what have you not done? <laughs> <laughs> so, Amelia, uh, did this movie make you proud or was it just loud? It made me very proud to be loud. Yeah, it, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, Ro, was this movie a diamond in the rough or a canary in a coal mine? I will tell you, this is the first movie that we've watched for this podcast where after I finished it, I went and directly started it over and watched the entire thing again. So, <laughs> And this is a two-hour movie. I spent four <laughs> hours last night watching and, like, feeling this movie. And if you want to feel my pain and my joy, go watch this movie immediately and tell me that, like, tell me that it doesn't, like, hit you where your heart sits. And what about you, Zomblathgarn? What did you think of this movie? Always the dissenter. Well, that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayAcapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions, and we can't wait to experience more movies Every woman is a lesbian at heart. Every woman is a lesbian at heart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Pito Kitch. Reminding you that every woman is a lesbian at heart, especially Reggie's mom. <laughs> Later. Later. <laughs>